Well, um, welcome to episode 10. We've wow. got, we've got uh, a lovely gentleman this, uh, this episode. is going to be fantastic. Uh, here's the uh, voice of the international community experience, episode 10. Gomez in the house. And we've got Mr. Well, Inspector Don. Emmanuel Smith. Oh, Emmanuel. God, God be with us, Smith. Yes, 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 yes. Now, do you say so it without Emmanuel, Emmanuel, or you go all the way with Emmanuel? Yeah. My hyphenated name is surname is Emmanuel Smith. Oh, okay, nice one. Well, welcome to uh, episode ten of the Voice Podcast. Uh, I think this one will be a special one because a lot of people are interested in, in, in what you've got to say, but also we've all experienced a little bit of the uh, the stuff we're going to be talking about as migrants. Pleasure so, to be here. Yeah, cheers. So. Go, mate. How was yeah. your week, mate? Oh, mate. It's been, uh, it's been an interesting one, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> last, last week we had a lawyer in the house. Yep. Young ah. Ken, Ken Rukunga. So we spoke a bit about, you know, the legal side of things, but more from a law perspective. So it'd be interesting to get the uh, a different angle on the legal system. Yep. Um, yeah, no, nah, week was good. Yeah. Weekend was tricky. The daughter's got a birthday coming up on Friday. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's yeah. a lot of activity around that. Uh, but yeah, good time. Trying to good figure time. it out. Yeah, good yeah. Day. That's the way to go. Did you see my, uh, my little thing that I coined from last week's episode? What was Le- that? Legally Black. Oh, Legally Black. Legally Black. Down, down. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought that was pretty clever. I, I think it is. But yeah. I think we 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 basically are anyway when we're born, isn't it? <laughs> so I don't know if you coined it, but yeah. I'm just saying. Fair enough. I'm fair enough. Saying. So in the sense of uh, I have a past in prosecution. Oh, you do. So we always said the law is very black. It's black and white, but yes, it's yes, not. Yes. There's a lot of grey area in between. Oh, well, there that, you go. That is true. So we're legally grey. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> In between, yeah, we're in between, so that's how that's how the system goes. So, how long were you in prosecution? Um, I've been in the police. You don't want a lot. You don't want to know too many years. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we got your bio. We have a yeah long long time. (laughs) Many years in the in the uh, out in the outback with the Aboriginal communities, etc. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Then also prosecuting um, as um, working in that space, but then this naturally gravitated to where. For the last 12 years or so, I've been doing the uh, community engagement work with all the various um, communities that now reside in Perth. Ah, nice one. Nice in, one. In, in my, one of my favourite parts of Perth, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Don and I used to go to the gym together. So oh, for real? Yeah. That's, so that's, Don kept going and you stopped? Don I think we both stopped. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of stopped. It. So yeah. they shut the gym down, didn't they? That Warwick one, yeah, I'm disappointed with that. But yeah, uh, yeah but that's... Uh, Life moves on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Really good one. So Don and I got to chat in between sets about a lot of things. Oh, nice. One of those being a lot of the work that he's doing with communities around that area. Yeah. And the youth. Yeah. Yeah. Mirabuka is um, the most diverse place in Australia. Not the largest, but the most. So uh, I think I did some analysis way back then about 102 dialects and 66 nationalities in that one little Jesus. spot. Yeah. Just, just that, that, you know that dialects thing, that could be one country though, right? Yeah, look, as I said, I call, I, I, Mirabuka, I call it Mozambuka. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Miradishu, whatever you <laughs> want to call it. Yeah, it's got its name. So what's the largest population of people in, in like, country-wise in Mirabuka? Um, that's a hard one, very yeah. hard one to come across. I, w- I would dare say, look, it's mainly made up probably of the Middle East and, and African yeah. quarter. And and it's it's reflective also the um, the people from Myanmar, the Chin and the Karin communities as well. So. Oh, right. But it's yeah, such yeah. a hotspotch of uh, people living in that same thing and it's an actual stencil of a model of how things work together, the communities actually living together and yeah, getting yeah, on yeah. well together. Oh, they do? They do. Oh, Thanks Which is to, unheard of worldwide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was in the middle of my first, and we'll talk about that, but I was yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah. of the, uh, I had my shop right at the Mirabuka Shopping Centre. Oh, wow. So. Um, what were you selling? Selling. I was selling the police's goodwill. Oh. 
because Mr. Mr. Mzungu, Mr. Bazungu, yes, yes, uh, yes, for the African sense of the word, um, <laughs> was uh, shall we say, uh, you run from the police, as has been put oh, to for me. sure, yeah. So for t- sure. tell us a bit about yourself. I, I was a little bit scared to come in here. Introduce yourself <laughs> to the people. Well, okay, so. I'm uh, a fair age now. I'm not going to say that because I can. Yeah, but yeah, uh, look, um, I had a very interesting life where I was under a father and mum that travelled the world because dad was with Qantas for something like 36 years straight, one Ooh. job. And uh, and as a result of that, he was a aircraft engineer that retired later working on jumbo jets. But he basically was required all over the world. Yeah. And yeah, I went yeah, to 26 yeah. schools. 26 schools. So, yeah, so from, you know, from everywhere from England to uh, to uh, South Africa to yeah. um, um, Hong Kong to Singapore to Malaysia to uh, wherever I was, there was uh, a new kid. Now, did you did you have a girlfriend in each country? No, I was too young, man. Oh, Come man, on. Sorry, man. I'm I had plenty of girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so... There's a song for that. Guys, you remember right? what I said about those sensitive questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> that's, that's Daniel. So, Daniel ignores these kind of things. Yeah, so I, I forgive him. Yeah. So, look, we moved Please. forward. Uh, finally, one time um, we were travelling, I think, from um, somewhere overseas. The jets at those stages were more short hauls. Yeah. So um, they used to land at places like Mauritius and uh, Cocos and places to refuel. But one particular time we had landed in Perth, my mum and dad and us, I was born in Sydney. So we came through Perth and cut a long story short, we'd arrived and we hadn't had some vaccination or something. And we were, yeah. whilst the plane was being refuelled, we were shot in a taxi or something, middle of Perth, to get a quick vaccination. And mum and dad saw Perth, the river and everything, yeah. and fell in love. And we're, us kids at that time were just turning that age of high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they yeah, decided yeah. this is the place where we want to stay in and get a permanent posting and kids can then gravitate towards high school. So oh, that's really? how I arrived in Perth. Yeah, yeah, so you didn't get back on the plane? Or you got back and then came yeah, back? Yeah, got on the plane and then came back. Oh, okay. and, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then after the years went past, as I said, I... I, I Left high school, um, up upper high school, and got a couple of jobs. But then joined the police one day, yeah, um, just by chance. Mm-hmm. And saw some one of a mate of mine was in the police and said, "Why don't you try?" I tried and see how it goes. I and mean, all these years later, I'm still yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, still there. <laughs> um, and then part of the furniture. Yeah, and then it served out in the desert. A lot of the desert communities um, right. with all the Aboriginal people out in the desert from you know, places like Leonora, Waluna, Mount Magnet, Nullagine, Wyndham. Uh, yeah, I got I got a round out in there. Um, wow. And a bit, my ability, I suppose, within me to, um, to uh, be able to adapt and, and mingle with people of all different ethnicities and colours and cultures yeah. and traditions, yeah, 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 I suppose, yeah, yeah. has been ingrained in me since a little boy when I was... Travelling all countries. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's fantastic. So I moved forward, um, yeah, some stints in prosecution. I yep. did that before I went bush and then afterwards. And then one day a lovely man, um, uh, one of the superintendents who knew of my history, um, God bless his soul, he's passed on now, but he had a man with a vision and said to me, come and meet me at the Mirabooka shops. Yeah. And um, I hadn't been to Mirabooka for a lot of years ah. um, and walked in and went, Wow. Um, <laughs> Welcome it's not to the mirror book I remember. Um, the colours changed. And yeah. he said to me, I'd like you to try something um, to engage with all these various people. And yeah. that was obviously how it was meant to be. So from that square one way back in 2008 yep. to where we sit today, it's morphed into where it is. The African community was not being engaged with and, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, others yeah, yeah. and everything. So, yeah... Um, it's been a fantastic ride. Yeah. I think, you know, if there's a way that we can roll that model out uh, to a larger community around Perth, that would be amazing, including the international students that come here because they don't get the benefit of that model, how it works. They are almost looking from the outside in and still going with all these myths about the police and trying to avoid them and start yeah. doing that. And, and, and for me, 20 years later, you know, I'm I'm still avoiding the police. I can pick up your accent. You're yeah. from the UK. <laughs> yeah, well, here's when we do the podcast. 
<laughs> just, just, just podcast. So, and you're generally, and you're right. If I look at the called community, which was culturally and linguistically diverse, yeah, a name now we sort of say is the new and emerging humanitarian settlement communities, okay, the United Nations based, um, that right. come here from the African communities, the yeah. Middle East, and and the, the South Asian. American and Asian yeah. and and. and as against the existing established communities uh, like the Indian, the Vietnamese, etc., etc., that yeah. are here, they're all multicultural communities. But um, the the new and emerging communities uh, need more engagement, more understanding. You, you mentioned about lawyers, yeah. understanding the process of the law, the, mm-hmm. the, the how it works, the law itself, yeah. etc. Because there's a general misunderstanding, and my philosophy has been right from the beginning, if Don goes out and talks to um, to, to 20 or 30 leaders yeah. and gets the message, those leaders can go and talk to... to everybody else, yeah, yeah, yeah. Train yeah. the trainer kind of thing. And when the new and other new and emerging people arrive here, they don't need Don to tell them what to do. They can sort of say, no, this is how it works, guys, here. You don't yeah. have to be fearful of the police here. It's not like home. It's, um, you know, like... Run! It's the police. They got yeah. guns. <laughs> yeah. no, how, no, how, how much in there is is there an opportunity for, I guess, the elders, the leaders of different diverse groups, to feed into what the law does, looks like, how it's applied? Very much so. Look, I remember many years back. I can remember having. Um, 3,000 people in an event and I just basically got everybody that I could imagine from all communities and said, mm-hmm. bring your women leaders, bring your youth leaders, bring your church pastors, bring your imams, etc. and we'll all gather. Yeah. And and I basically want you to table in front of you, we'll have a general consensus what you see as your biggest issues. Mm-hmm. And I can remember them. I can remember the driving and licensing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. L, yeah. L does For not sure. mean you've got a licence. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> license Alpha license. Board, Alpha yeah. life. Makes, makes sense, sense yeah. doesn't it? Makes sense. So, yeah, um, then I can remember, of course, domestic violence, and I can yeah. remember we moved then to the issues that always hit them hard was um, drugs and alcohol and the youth. And the yeah. youth were always going to be the biggest um, thing that they wanted to discuss because every community wants to talk about their youth and their sustainability and where they're heading. Mm, 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 so when, when that came forward, I was able to then bring in politicians who make the law. Yeah. Bring in, I can remember we brought in a magistrate to talk about how the magistrates function, what he does, yeah, yeah, what yeah, the yeah, police yeah. does, the education right. department, what we do. What It was like a one-stop shop, have a yeah, listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah. we had a working um, focus mm-hmm. of topics that, that is across the board with all these virtual, multicultural, multi-faith communities yeah. and enabled to have that step forward. The leaders, nearly every one of those leaders, and I say this all due respect to all my, my, my brothers and sisters out there, mm-hmm. there are those, um, um, and God bless them, mm-hmm. that sometimes just wear the hat. I am... I was just about to have yeah. a conversation about that, yeah. And as against some others that are movers and shakers. Yes. Um, so it's working, and you must acknowledge your leaders because your leaders are there by from their senior years or their their stance in the community. Yes. So it was a way of me and my now extended staff to work with each one of those leaders yes. and get them to get the picture that I'm working with you because I can't do it on my own. You need to, as the commissioner said, it's like let's walk together this journey. Yeah. yeah let's yeah. walk to a common cause. No, that's true. No, I think the the... What I was about to get to when you talk about the leaders is that some of the community groups have their own issues in in terms of engagement with the with the people coming here. Yep. Because they don't tr- maybe some, sometimes they don't trust the leader, the people that are coming in. Sometimes these community groups charge. Now, if I speak from an international student, they charge a membership fee for 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 the year. So and they're like, nah, I don't get anything from it. Yes. I'm just paying money into this community group, but yep. I'm not. I'm not getting anything. Uh, just maybe a ball at the end of the year, or whatever it is, or a talking that, to when or you a listen, talking to, or uh, you know, a uh, uh, barbecue uh, that you that you, you go, go to for fundraising. Yeah, for fundraising. So they they don't get too much out of it. Therefore, they don't engage too much, and they don't listen to the leaders. And and I think the desensitization coming from the actual police. Hang on, hang on, hang on. The what? That's a good word. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I just just want to write... write Let me tell you, there's a Mazungu in here. I have to use my full vocabulary. very good. (laughs) So so what was that? Desensitisation. Oh, desensitisation. 
thought you said something more spectacular. Oh, I was surprised you stopped me, but look, it says it does. Yeah, it's all part of the social cohesion. Yes, motherhood statement. Right. I have an answer for you that comes in two fronts. Yes, I. We've all established this. We've all seen it. Yes, and I've got youth together and. And, I'll, and I'll, she'll kill me for saying this, but no, she won't because, you know, she's my African daughter. Yeah. I use um, Susan Chewett, okay. uh, who's playing for the Richmond Tigers. I've given her a shout-out out in the AFLW. What up, Susan? Is she, is she African? Yeah, of course. Susan Chewett? Yeah. Zimbabwean? Uh, no, she's she's a, um, a, a South Sudanese Dinka woman. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, so, sorry. Um, and her sister is Aor, who runs the Face of South Sudan, who's done modelling. Okay. And her yeah, brother yeah. is famous. He's the... Fastest 200 meter run or second fastest in Australia. So oh. good family. Wow. But I remember Susan very clearly um, had the the the, the dander yeah. to get up and said very clearly, "I love my leaders with all my heart and yeah. etc." But I have to tell you, you just don't listen to us. You do all True. the talking. True. So part of our thing was like the voices that must be heard must be blended between the wisdom of the elders mm-hmm. but also the vision of the young persons of where they could take it using modern technology. And the old analogy was Don goes and does a talk to a group of young African people mm-hmm. and I get them inspired and buzzed up somehow. Yeah. They like what Don's saying. Mm-hmm. They go home to mum and dad. I just met this Mazungu policeman and he said some amazing things. He said this, he said that, he said this. Mum sitting there, I want to kill you. <laughs> I've been saying this for five years, but you are not <laughs> You're listening. You're not listening to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Fair enough. That's probably because they can't understand mum's accent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing between what I would call first and second migrants? Okay, so... The first wave, when I started doing this engagement phase, but Perth was still on the first generation. Mm. So we had a lot of kids, for example, coming from the camp in uh, one of the largest camps is Kakuma in uh, in the north of, of Kenya, okay. which is a blend of not just South Sudanese, a blend of all different people. Yeah. So they arrive in the fair shores. Most of them, as everybody, your listeners are all listening out there, know that you know in Africa the whole village raises the child. Yeah. So um, what happens is the youth get here and they soon and um, they soon find as youth do yep the lax loopholes in the law yeah. oh yeah so and every parent out there who's come and seen me at times or, or in frustration going what has happened i've come to the land of milk and honey yep. and i can't control my child mm-hmm. or i don't i've been told i can't smack my child mm-hmm. or i've been told i can't do this or i can't do that yeah the child takes the biggest advantage Oh, they'll, they'll manipulate that system. So in that side of it, um, we're able to still, with those ones on the first generation, a lot of those kids have come from those camps and they yeah. remember very clearly that if I step out of line and they get a whack, mm-hmm. it may not be a whack just from mum and dad, it'll go down the line right to the next village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Uncle's going to whack you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they understand. And then, and then they'll all love them. They'll provide the love as well as the uh, the whacking. Yeah, but you see... The whacking that, is the love. You see, the <laughs> thing is, for, for us, I don't think... It, well, it happens in certain situations, but the the whacking was never an abuse thing. Never. You never got beaten never. up just because you were walking no. into a room. And um, you, you were told this is the punishment for what you were going to do. Yeah. And if you do it, you got the punishment. That was it. So, yeah, and then, so. then then some of the girls, for example, in the Africa, you may be 26 years of age and you're still not married, but you're still under father and mother. Yeah. As in. And so what's happening is they learn at 16, you can't tell me what to do. I'm going out that door and I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. And the poor parents are at wit's end. The When we move into the second generation, it becomes tougher because then you are talking about kids that have been born here yeah. and have learnt bad habits. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know what? I'm only going to say very, very honestly that it's only 5% that this happens to. Yeah. Most families are doing a great job. They're still applying their Christian principles or their, or, their, or their other religious principles like Muslim principles. And most of the kids are going well. But we have this 5%. And Maybe they're smacking them and they're just not yeah, telling you. <laughs> it, it's, it's difficult. So, And we, we only have to look at overseas and places like France and, mm. and, and, and England, your old country or whatever. Yeah, and, and you can my, sort of see it's got far, far worse yep. um, in the sense of... So I like to think 
what we've set up in the last um, 10 to 12 years with all the African leaders where we're today yeah. has set up a really good robust structure that's able to deal with situations that are arising. Okay. But we cannot step back and say, look what I've done or look what we've done because it's, it's a situational change. Yeah, 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 true. Now, the, you know, there's there's the African population and there's the Asian population, yep. the South American population. Do you engage much with the with, with all that group? of them? Yeah. So they would they have the same sort of challenges? Youth problems are youth problems across the board. Yeah. And you know, I said the other day, I, I love the fact that um, I, I come from the background I have. I, I the the advent of that big silver bird with engines that flies across the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Has yeah, changed yeah. the face of the world forever. That's true. So we have the 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 um, different. Um, Races and traditions marrying together, and I just love. I look at Joe Chuazama, for example, the mm-hmm. head of the OIC. He's married. I went to his wedding. I was the the twelve groomsmen, Liberian boys, and the one white Mzungu in the middle of it. Oh wow! In, in, I mean, in Philippines, did they make you dance? Uh, they tried, but I'm not the greatest yeah, of dancers. So, um, <laughs> and Africans, it's in their blood, man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but going there and seeing you know joe marry a beautiful filipino um uh, bride and his children are gorgeous you know they've got the african curly hair mm-hmm, but with mm-hmm. asian eyes they're yeah, stunning yeah. i um, know joe personally so that's good and i love to see this happening on and on and i know, yeah. the, I know the filipino women personally <laughs> <laughs> the offspring of that oh my gosh oh yeah well, he's uh, his daughter is half filipino, half filipino. That's well, it. So there you go. Yeah. So you you know what I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. I, do. I think Joe tried to marry me off about 30 times over there. Oh mate, we're <laughs> going to do the same over here, mate. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. So um, yeah. So look, the the, the the changing face. Perth has changed. It's it's finally caught up with the world, and yeah. we're now we're well into second uh, generation. But we need to be cognizant of what's happening in the east coast, um, and indeed of the world. That it's very easy for things to happen here as well. Yeah. And we must keep working with our youth because for me it takes a generation to change a generation and that's uh, that, that's the truth because yeah. look i'm a i'm a first generation migrant i've got kids here so for for me i'm having the same challenge as mm. most of the parents here in in regards to raising my kids because yes. the, what i know of what a father is and and what a father does does not fit into this society very well and in terms of disciplining i'm kind of clueless sometimes because you know i'm I'm afraid of putting too much pressure on a kid or this or this this is going to cause some level of anxiety or all of the the different things that i think my parents never thought about when they were issuing out discipline or trying to raise me send your kids to don man yeah, no, don't. <laughs> Look, I've got two, and they've both grown up. They're they're both alive still. So that's a good start, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's I, I remember, alive, you so. know, I remember the old. I know Bill Cosby. You know, he stepped off the line, but I remember he's saying like he brought his children. He says, and you know, when they got him angry, I brought you into this world. I can take you I out. I can take you out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, I can't even say that, right? Yes, so, no, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> a threat of violence. Yeah, yeah. Times have changed here, and I, and, and for me. You know, even if I, like, I, I, I don't want to hit them. No. But I just, I, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's just, it's very difficult in regards to the way you communicate yeah. your, your frustration with and, what and, they're and doing. And every child is different. You know, some of them just a, um, a firm word will be enough. Yeah. And some, are, it's like the old, um, the horse with, with the mouth. Sometimes you need the bit in the mouth that's a harder bit to make the horse obey where yes. it's going and yes, others yes, will just yes. a little tap and the horse is on its way. So I'm not referring to, of course, kids yeah. as horses, but in that <laughs> sense, um, the um, I, I've had two children. I can say one, and I'll say this, I love her dearly. Yeah. That, um, but... She was a more of a problem child than the, than the other one. Yeah. Um. But and each one needed its own corrector. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. when I was young, I can tell you this. Um, this area down below him, which I'm sitting on, is um, it was <laughs> it had in the religious terms, it had many hands put on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I made comment earlier. My dear old mother, who's um a very strong religious woman, um, is now ninety four, but basically said um. When God created us, that basically that padded area was not just for sitting. Yeah. It's the seat of knowledge. <laughs> and um, I'm sure some of your listeners out there will uh, understand what I'm saying. Oh, for sure. But I it's think, not I about her. That's where the term, the term smart ass came from. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Smart, smart. smarting. Yeah. yeah, smarting. So uh, it yeah. didn't do me any damage, and you know, I know looking back, I love my mother dearly, and it made me what I am today. And I'm sure at the time I didn't agree. Yeah, but of I course, realized I mean, looking back when you have your own children, I go, oh my god. As a child, you never agree. And I think I got away with murder. You know, she <laughs> was pretty lean. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's a little tough. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it's quite interesting. And in, in the fact that uh, from a, an engagement perspective, I'll go back to the Asian and, and, and the South American contingent, just because, um, you know, the African side, I know we can discuss here. But, you know, for those guys coming in, they have their own preconceived notions of the police from where they've come from. Yes. And how they can get away with things in their own countries. So when they come here, it takes a while for them to understand that it's a different land. And then they also have a fear of if they call the police for any particular thing, it might affect their visas as students, so they don't call the police at all. They try and stay away from the police by all means because they think by the time, if they have a record or something happens or it gets, there's a misconception and they get in trouble, then it'll affect their their method of, their their, uh, application for permanent residency later down the track. Mm. So... In that sense, and I'll, I talk, we have quite a few of the South American people that come here, but not as much as the refugee status as we have, say, African, the Middle Eastern countries, Iraq, Iran, yeah, yeah, yeah. Syria, um, Afghanistan, uh-huh. and then moving into the Asian quarter, we've got the, the people from Myanmar. We mm-hmm. are going through this again, the Chin, the Karen. So Burma? Burma, yeah, they don't like the word so much Burma. It's Myanmar. So well, that changed yeah, okay. it's very sad what's going on at the moment. But these things are, you know, so we've in recent times we've had the Ethiopian there, the Tigray and the Oromo and all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. look, um, human beings are human beings everywhere. So when generally anybody who's been through a dictatorship or been through a, an oppressed authoritarian um, regime-based, uh, say, police or yeah, military... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Generally across the board, what I have discovered is um, there is general fear, Mm -hmm. loathing Mm -hmm. or resentment of the police generally. My job when I arrived at Mirabuka, (laughs) my first three months, like what am I going to do, was basically to walk through the Mirabuka shops and then greet everybody I saw, the shop owners who are all also different ethnicity, and say, g'day, how are you going? My name's Don. And the first few months, it was like, <laughs> yeah, what the hell is he talking to yeah. us for? And what's this? What's that? But gradually things changed. And mm-hmm. I realised very early on that the more I put it, dismissed those things aside and just presented Don as a person, forget about the colour of this uniform, yeah. As so they could see who I was and what I represented. Mm-hmm. As a single person, as a single police officer when I started, yeah. Um, I was sending a clear message out that in in the heart of every human being there, there's some people that do wrong, but in most there's good things. And yeah, this yeah, is yeah, Australia. Yeah. It's not where you come from and you need to give us a fair go to work with you. Yeah, true. And that's not just training the people that arrive here. It's also training the police officers that are there that Ooh, they need to show yes. more sympathy, yeah. more respect, mm-hmm. more cultural understanding as to mm-hmm. what's going on that... When you speak to a person from that country, there might be already been... I call it... the My, my, my analogy is the first 30 seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. You walk up and say, up against the car, whatever, it's it's broken down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a wrap. Speak to people friendly. Mm. Speak to people. If I see five white boys walking along the street, yeah, they think nothing of it. If I see five Aboriginal boys, I start to look. Yeah. I look at five African boys. Is that a gang? Yeah. But in the end, it's like it, it, Africans, for example, are very social beings. They mm-hmm. hang around together. So it's like teaching our crew as well, like saying, just because you see that, it doesn't mean to say what you may presume, stereotypic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, I think I've got, a, I've got a personal experience of this, and I'm glad you brought that up, because I think part of, part of what can happen, though, is I grew up in Sydney as well, and I got very close to the police. Yep. Um, purely based on, you know, the fact that they loved us. Yes. Me and my brother and maybe one other African black kids, so the other guy was an American guy. But we'd jump on the trains, they'll be on the trains, they'll go, g'day, officer, and they knew us by name, we had this kind of rapport going. Yep. Um, and so I kind of never really had a real strong sense of the 
bad. Yeah. My experience with the police was always great. Yes. Um, I came over to Perth and there was a very different kind of attitude that the police mm. had. So I'm going in there kind of my usual g'day officer. And the way it was perceived was that I'm being a smartass, that I'm being antagonistic, that I was being all these things. And my part of my approach was I want to show the other African kids that the police are okay, they're just other people. Yeah. You can engage with them, there's no issue. And then I got chastised for that. Mm, and I'm sorry to hear that. I really mm, am. Mm. Because um It was really, really disappointing because I thought there was something about the Australian way that I was very proud to be a part of and trying to teach these other kids like yeah. good people. And I meet people like you policeman I'm like you know this is how policemen are mm. and then I have that experience and so now I'm kind of thrown back I'm like Ooh. yeah but well, it could it could have been a single experience where it's oh, just it's, that, it's, that, it's, that it's isolated it's an isolated but one it's huge it's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's, maybe it's also in a way even though I always say never never let a good crisis go by yeah it's basically like perhaps giving you a reminder that what some of your your own, Correct. Own, own people from some of your countries or yeah. other countries in Africa have come through. Mm. Yeah. There's a whole picture there that, um, and, and, and I say this to you, there's from the media to the general public's perception, the things yeah. that basically people will draw, we're human beings, we all draw conclusions early. Yeah, um, true. Um, rather than sort of looking and, and I use a classic example of, um, you know, a big fight happens down at the Scarborough beachfront, it's a hot night and um, I happen to be there with my sister and there's probably, you know, 3,000 people there and there's quite a few African families enjoying fish and chips like me. Yeah. And at, at this time in the car park, a couple of um, African boys decided to fight over a girl. It's always the girl's fault. I'm sorry, girls. But, um, <laughs> but in the end, the, the schoolyard mentality comes around where, you know, there's 200 um, Africans gather around to watch. Yeah. And then, of course, the media and, and such gets hold of it and it says, 200 Africans fighting. And then, oh, and it's oh. like then saying the whole of Africa's been tainted. But hang on, that's a continent, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's you what, can't that's say that. There's say, nationalities yeah. and there's... Oh. A, yeah. And yes. it's like it's like, and it's not the media's fault. They're also pushing forward as to what they comment on. But it's like everybody has to be educated and, and mm. held to be... Be careful how you say it. Yeah. Be careful... Perhaps part of the thing is rather than pointing a finger is also using that situation to sort of say, well, you know, a bit of education comes in there as well. Yeah, but, you know, the thing about it is not who was fighting, it's the fact that there was a fight. Yes. So it's it's rather than labelling who was fighting. Mm. Just say there was a fight in, 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 in Scarborough and you can show the images or, or video, but... There was just a fight. It's, yeah. There's but no I mean, point pulling the continent into this because the continent's got nothing to do with it. Most of these kids are Australian, to be honest. So by the time yeah. they got... Second generation. So the time it got down to... Um, you can't call them that and you can't call them that. Well, hang on. Um, it was just a couple of South Sudanese boys having a fight over a girl. All of a sudden, the story's not interesting. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, but I, I guess it'll be the same as if you said, you know, there was a couple of big blokes having a fight at Scarborough Bar versus... And that those, wouldn't... Those, that, those that, are bikey yeah. Yeah, 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 all of a sudden there's an interest. But um, I have a theory that women, talking about men fighting over girls, yeah. women that come from these countries that have these kind of refugee sort of issues mm. tend to be quite hard. I'm thinking Ethiopian, you know. Yeah. Some are, but some are different because you remember I deal with all. We just focus on the beautiful. <laughs> so, so that you, well, you're right. If I, if I take a Liberian oh. boy and girl relationship as against looking up in the Ethiopian side of it or coming down the, down the coast to someone from Mozambique, it's all distinctly different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a whole, it's a whole line. It's, yeah. it's, um, I know what ones I prefer. Yeah, well, some of the, some of the African women out there will hold you to account. You know that, boys. <laughs> and um, I, I, I don't even mess with that. Yeah, you, you got no answer there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah. speaking on your behalf. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> I stick to my Australian sisters. I, no, I'd like this time to sort of like say that one of the biggest focuses that we have at the moment, and we're talking about um, the social issues of a community or mm. any particular community, whether you're from Ghana or whether you're from um, down down the bottom in South Africa or, or moving up the coast up the east coast there yeah the majority of people all want to realize that unless we work with our youth mm. it's our, our grapevine will die so the youth for us in the police i will say to you one of my our mm. biggest focuses is the creation of 
youth champions. Yes. Because everyone that I can um, get on that track and develop them through leadership and mentorship programs to become something, mm-hmm. all of a sudden sends the biggest picture you'll ever see because they're not going to look at Mr. Mazunga or you guys here. They're going to look at that that boy there that was um, 10 years ago, was a 13-year-old going, what the hell? Yeah, true. He was from our community. He had nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. I, look at a, I look at a young boy. I've been doing this so long and I'm going to, Give a shout out to one of my favourite stories. As a young boy, uh, uh, a Burundi refugee, yeah, he was in the in the Tanzanian camp by the name of uh, Jamal. Yes, um, and and Jamal used to hang around me with another boy named Kiza. They used to hang around me every down the shops, and and he said to me one day, "I want to be you." And I said to him, "That's nice to hear, but you need to be you. God made you as you." Yeah, that's true. And before you become, you need to learn to to crawl, to walk, to get up and run. Mm-hmm. So that means building who you are as a person before you get going. Yeah, that's true. And you know that I love the way that the African mentality will actually take you physically after what you say. Yeah. yeah so yeah, before yeah. I know it, I'm looking at Jamal. He's invited me to this big meeting and I'm looking at his car and it's got FNTS on his car, emblazoned all down the side. He's got his T-shirts, he's got his sponsors, he's got all this. And I'm looking at him going... What is that, man? And he yeah. goes, I'm doing what you said. And I said, what does that mean? And he goes, that words, from nothing to something. Ah, oh, there wow. you go. Powerful mm. message. No, it, it, it definitely is. And I think, you know, the, the, the leadership that our elders provide to the African community is, is quite important for us because that's how we know and that's how we, we derive information. Now, what happens in this culture is that in the Australian culture, I don't see so much young people listening to elders. Yep. And then when the young Africans are growing up here, they get into that system as well. In that space. And then now we can't disseminate any information or any of the teachings and the learnings that we've got through through our experiences. And there comes the disconnect uh, and the kids going left and the parents stuck holding their heads. And the thinking, family what paradigm is yeah, turned upside uh, down. Switched. And that's, you know, Gome is one of those uh, examples right there. Totally. Yeah, he's, he's totally My, Australian now. I, the one thing that I've seen, <laughs> and, and, and talking to, say, Kasta Tangaratsa, the, the, the senior African uh, female within Australia, lives here in Perth. Mm-hmm. The one thing I like to think, and I'm not saying it applies to all, but I noticed something very early in the picture that most Africans even if they're um, young youngsters that have stepped off the rails a little bit, yep. generally love their parents deep within side. They, they feel that that's, even if they've stepped out and walked out on their own, they still have, even though they might argue, whatever, they still have a sense of that's my mum and my dad. Yeah. And I remember Joe Chiwazama um, when he was um, – I nominated him for the Volunteer of the Year Award and he won it. I was very proud of him. Oh, and he right. was standing up at the, at the Hyatt and he blew all the hierarchy, all the big wigs that were in the room. He, he got up with his passport and yeah. he got up with his Bible. And uh-huh. he said to me, from me, I'm from Africa. And if you are an African child, you will know that um, I've – in this hand, he says, this, this passport gave me the, 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 the placement of this land of milk and honey. Mm-hmm. But this thing here, and he had his Bible, says that I must give back, mm-hmm. back to the community. So when I listen to a lot of the young people, what they do say is if they are starting to make it and they've come back into the fold like Jamal and others, they have said part of my success, I must make sure that my success is also rewarding back to my mum and dad because it's a cycle. Oh, yeah, that's that's part of our culture, right? That's so, something we must so reinforce the, with our youngsters. Yeah, the wealth of a family is the children, Yeah, right, for, for, for the parents. Do you know what your mum and dad, if I say to a young African, do you know what your mum and dad gave up to come here? Mm. Do you know how far when they were at Kakuma or, or Kigoma at Metabila Camp, do you know where... They've left everything behind. Yeah. And they're here for you. Yeah, but... Don't disrespect them. But, you know, the, the thing is, for, for, for our parents, it's never what they've done. We are just generally not supposed to disrespect yeah. them whether, they, full stop. whether they've done anything full or not. It's, it's a full stop, right? Now, what I know about children is that they don't appreciate anything because yeah. they, first of all, didn't ask to be born. 
but also they didn't experience what you experienced. Mm -hmm. And then now you've changed so much for them, but they don't understand that change. So it's not for them. It's not as big as what you're doing for them. Yep. Right. So it it makes until maturity until they're until they're a little bit older. Realize then they're like, oh man. I can't believe that he did all this or she did all this for me and all of that stuff. They become grateful later in their 20s or 30s. We'd like it to be earlier. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but it doesn't happen that way. So in that, it's, it's in those moments between probably between 10 and, and, and 25 or 20 that those are the formidable years oh. when everything goes left, right and very seldom center. And the hormones uh, are flying everywhere and yeah, don't tell yeah, me yeah, what yeah, to yeah. do. And oh, you know, I, I, I remember um, uh, I was over in Kakuma with my mate Scotty Johnson. It was at Northern Suburbs Legal Services. Yeah. Scotty was doing a documentary when we were there. And I actually, what I actually did was got some youth from the Kakuma camp. Yeah. And I sort of, I just, I don't know why, but I just sort of took this opportunity and I said, keep filming. So I had these all these youth in a row and I said to them, do you know such and such? And I said, oh, yeah, they were all in this camp. Yeah. So I yeah, said yeah. to them, what would you like to say? to the guys and girls that were here have now gone to live in Perth and those that are disrespecting and getting on the alcohol and the drugs, man, you should have seen what they said. Hey, you, you know who we're talking to. You see us, you don't, we don't forget you. And if you have got the golden ticket to go to the land of milk and honey, if you're going to disrespect it, give it back, I'll take your place. Yeah, true. And when I showed this to the youth here, you should see the heads hang. Because it's their own age group talking to them from Kakuma. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, somebody, whoa. Yeah. It's a big opportunity. But also it serves as a, for a lot of, for a lot of people also serves as a weight on their shoulders. Because now everybody back home thinks it, everybody back home thinks it's a bigger opportunity than it actually is. <laughs> from, a, from a milk and honey perspective, okay, maybe for a basic it's necessity. It's still tough to find jobs. You've got a shelter and you've got all of that stuff. But... But you know you got decent food, running water, and all of that. But w- once you're in a, mm. when you're when you're back home, everybody thinks you're a millionaire, <laughs> yeah. right? Send us money, <laughs> and then everybody wants you to send them money. Western and, Union, yep, yep. And then when <laughs> you're when you're there's going back, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Or there's all these apps you can send money on. But so then, in so in that regard, in, in, mm. in saying what you said, that's that's all fine for first generation when they've come from those camps and everything. But you're dead right; mm. it's a tougher gig when you're moving to second generation and they're born here. Yeah, and yeah, they've yeah. learned all the bad habits. Yeah, and the parents, I'm I'm sad to say this, but they also have to take some ownership. So it may mean it's no longer do as I say. It may be working. It's like the youth being told, respect your parents and have a listen. They've been on this planet longer than you have and they've, they've been where you were. And mm. at the same, listen to your youngsters, what they're saying, because the world is different for them than what it was for you where you were. So it's this in-between mix. And the only way we're going to address that gap is by our community youth champions who will mm. work under the, with a blessing under those leaders to get your messages out at the youth level because they're not going to listen to you and me and their parents. Look, Don, so let's, let's talk a bit about that. What, what are the youth saying? It sounds like we're saying, we're talking a lot about the youth and how they go left off kilter and all this kind of stuff, but what are they actually saying? So the youth, from what I'm hearing, and I'm not, I, again, I'm not a youth expert, mm. but all youth want to go and have a good time. All Pretty youth much. Want, want to go and party. Mm-hmm. They all want to listen to their favourite music, want to hang out with their mates mm-hmm. um, and not thinking about their future. Perhaps, perhaps I, I should be getting myself a good job right now. I should be studying hard at school that I don't have a boss telling me what to do. I'm a checkout chick or I'm a, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, a yeah, labourer. Yeah. So getting messages through early is one thing, but when you, 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 you're saying um, what do we do, how do we get to them in that space, it's like... Um, Getting, getting them to understand, and again, it's not going to come from us or parents because they're not going to listen. It's like saying... In this society, they won't, and that's the problem. So when you go out, there's nothing wrong with going out and there's nothing wrong, everything has its time and its place. But remember, when you go out and you do something that's wrong, you are not reflecting on yourself. You are reflecting on, on the general republic who looks at you as a, a, as a black man or a black woman from Africa mm-hmm. and goes... Look at those Africans, nothing but troublemakers. Mm. They're an ambassador for the whole of Africa and basically the normal population will look and go, 
So every bad act that you do or something that's not, well, it reflects on the whole of the population. So I guess from a kid's perspective... And mm, I, you know, a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. It's great. I, I imagine a lot of kids are going, I don't care. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think there's... Like and I said, I'm in talking to, to, to Brother Joe and, and all his hard-working crew and all the other leaders that are working their butts off. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out, Bella. Yeah, Bella. And, you know, Bella's another one, an absolute champion. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's so many of them, you know. I, I look at Esther, um, the power in her fingers. Um, the, mm. the, you know, you know there's, there's so many of them are doing wonderful, wonderful things. And it's just too many. And I just love it. I just see them. The, bring them on. The more, the merrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So They're the voice of the future. I had a, We're the I had voice a, of the I future. I had a chat with, um, speaking of Bella, uh, amazing young woman. Young yep. woman. She's doing a great job with young men in particular who are getting into footy and they're playing footy and they're doing all this great stuff and they're kind of transitioning between you know, hanging out with the bad kids and wanting to make something for themselves. And I was speaking to the guys about uh, what are some of your challenges, what are some issues, and it seems that there is a demographic gap between first and second generation. Yep. So they're growing up, like we're saying, in an Australian context. All their expectations are so different from what their parents expected. Yes. But the parents are not listening. Exactly. Um, and so they act out uh, based on the parents not listening to them. And then they get chastised for that. But no, no, but you, let me or tell they you something. cut them off. African, yeah, and so, and so African parents like are not supposed to listen to children. Exactly. This, this is the thing. So there, there is no... When a child acts out to an African parent, he shuts down because he's like... The parent shuts down because he's like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Yes. So I'm not adapting to... Because so education like, needed in if, behalf if, of the parents as well? If, as if a parent adapts, what he sees is that he's encouraging this disobedient behaviour. Except yeah. that attitude is not working. Yeah. yeah. So I look at a program like this, and again, okay, so the OAC is doing great stuff, as at a lot of communities, and I look at Mentor Me, Rick, and I love this program because it's about... When these problems happen and the parents aren't listening and the kid refuses to do as they're saying, a lot of the mentality goes, "I'm just, I'm dusting my hands from you. You're, you're, you're gone." You're on your own. And then they're Pretty on much. their own, and then it gets worse. The problem. Yeah, but so, then they're living their consequence. Yeah, and then so in the end, a program such as this is we need to we need to come up with programs and initiatives that will actually address the problem, not not something that's just touching on. It needs to be actually delivered by persons that are going to be the father the father figures, mm-hmm. ones that are going to bring them folds. We've got kids out there that have come in that have been street kids and have brought them in and bringing the others in, reconnecting them with their families, reconnecting yeah. them with their, with their community groups. It's not going to work all the time, but I see this as a, something that can be stereotyped across other community groups as well, not just African. Mm. It's, the, 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 the breakdown between the families is all too common and then you add alcohol and you add drugs yeah. and the, it leads to antisocial behaviour and the bigger problems. So can I ask, what is it that the children want to say to their fathers or their, their, or their mums and they're not listening? So I think there's a couple of things that we haven't touched on <coughs> that I think are key significant things. So one from a psychological or developmental perspective, mm. when you get to your teens, kids are naturally separating from their parents anyway. It doesn't matter what culture yes. you're from, it doesn't matter what country you come from, there's a natural separation that is important because you're discovering who you are as a human being. Yep. And so a lot of that means you're going to find that through your peers. So when I was a teenager, I wanted nothing to do with my parents. Nothing at all. And it had nothing to do with them. It was just part of my developmental process. The other thing is we're talking about kids that have come from war countries so, so trauma is huge huge it's massive mm-hmm. and i think any kind of consideration conversation around these people mm-hmm. needs to take into account a trauma driven approach but one that understands what's happening to the parents mm-hmm. from a trauma perspective mm-hmm. and what's the uh, kind of the repercussions of what's happening to the parents on the child and their ability to be emotionally available for their children so i don't think it's as easy as as africans we don't listen to our kids. I think a lot of the time there's trauma. That means it's impossible. Even if I want to be a good dad, I want to listen to my child. Because of trauma, I'm just incapable. 
of engaging at an emotional level. And basic, basic communications 101 is often lacking. We're, we're used to talking down to our children, mm. whereas perhaps if you had to listen to what the child is saying, and I'm not talking about the child's r- ruling the roost, but it's like if you ask some children, um, do you love your mum and dad? And you might get some say no, mm. they're being defiant or whatever. But most of them say, yeah, I do, but I can't speak to them and because they don't listen to me or whatever. But sometimes it's like, um, but that's what, what, why? Why? Oh, mm. they pester me day and night. They ring me day and night. They ask me, why am I doing Why have I got... And I sometimes just ask a simple question, you know, um, do you think um, your mum and dad love you? They don't know. Or why do you think they're ringing you all the time? If they didn't care about you, they wouldn't be ringing you. No, that's the truth. So it's sometimes asking something that gets to them, and then I ask them, "Give me a solution here. Do you? What do you see as fixing the problem?" But you know, Brilliant. I look at Brilliant. I look at on that on that situation, and look, there's I'm pretty sure there's a lot more social issues within oh, yes. the Australian uh, youth community generally, yeah, yeah, than in the African community. Mm. And say more. What I mean is that the way the system is set up now with, with the parents listening to the kids, there's still a lot of social problems, yeah. right? And there's still a lot of, of depression and anxiety and all the rest of that stuff within that community. So I'm not, I'm not looking at, I'm not listening and, and, and feeling like that is a fix to that problem. Because even when you listen, it doesn't mean that it's going to work based on the evidence that's shown out there. So okay, that uh, that statement right there yeah. is very very dangerous statement because if you think about trauma and mm. you think about I don't know maybe Donnie can shed some light in terms of what these people have been through mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not the same and the impacts the post traumatic stress stuff that these these guys would naturally have as a result of that kind of trauma yeah is significant. Like it's, I don't even know how to stress it enough. It is, it is critical. I'm yeah. You can't, you I think we compare, compare the two. We're merging cohorts. Yeah, and and talking on behalf of all of them. I think you're talk. You guys are talking about people that are come from war-torn countries and doing that. Yeah. I'm speaking from a migrant, economic migrants, and, and international students who eventually have children and right. and, and those and grow no, up. So and and no so set program or ideal is yeah. going to address it because we're human beings and we're all different. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. But you see that for, for a lot of us migrants, we're bound by uh, culture. Yes. And the underlying culture, doesn't matter where you're from, India, China, Africa, you know, we have the same base structure, respect for yeah. elders, all of that stuff. We come in with that and then that gets taken away by what we find here from a from a from a and in the natural terms, when I speak to a lot of the communities, I hate the word assimilation. We don't mm-hmm. want you to be like no. that. We want integration, and you maintain your cultural beliefs. You maintain all those rich cultural traditions. I mean, because they add to the great tapestry of Australia. You, mm. you know, everything gets added to thing. We don't want to be the same. You you need to be. It's just it's an integration phase, a settlement phase that enables you to be as a person and, and, and maintain your who you were, yeah. where you've come from. But, of course, this is Australia. So it's got its rules and it's got its things. And you must, as long as you're within those and practising the law, yeah. then you're not going to have any issues. No, true. And I'll, I'll say to you very openly, um, one of the main focuses of a young people is we quite often speak about pathways to a successful future. Mm-hmm. But then if I was to say, for example, um, and this is no nothing on the, say, the African professionals mm-hmm. who's got a, a high base of academia and yeah. got all these things. If I said to you, I had someone, for example, from down the south coast who's done his uni and he's, or, he, or he's done some high schooling or whatever, mm-hmm. he's got some grasp of something where he can make something in his life. Yeah. And I went to South Sudan mm-hmm. and I go to the 63 tribes there and I, most of them here are the Dinka or the New or the Equatorial groups. Mm-hmm. Most of the people from those groups are cattle herders. Yeah, 
God so they do not have. <laughs> We're not a, buying diamonds. They, they, they're not. They're not. They're not academics. Yeah. So I cannot go to them and say, you know, you can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor, which is the old African saying. Yeah. Um, basically, the use of cow herding, etc. So it's finding things that basically you could do as a young person without that skill base when you've arrived here. Yeah. And it may mean I can be a successful plumber. I can be a successful mechanic or or someone. So it now gives you them. You got look, footy player. Yeah, well, now, yeah, they all look see, to the knick-knack newies and everything and just say, well, hang on for a second. Yeah, we but can't all be that. Try, but you should have that other alternative yeah. on now the you, side. Now, you've got to look, and this is the, the thing that we've we've got, to, the, like the, the part of the culture awareness that needs to come in. Because if you're coming from Africa mm. or some parts, a carpenter or bricklayer or is not a great job. When they see, when they find right. out what the money is, they when they it. find out what the money is over yeah. here, it's a great job. Correct. But when they're coming here and applying for uni or whatever, they're not even considering that. The first few years they're here, they don't know that plumbers and 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 all these guys make a lot of money, so they're not even thinking about that. But that's where education right? comes in. Exactly. Tell them that. So the awareness needs to come in, and we say, look, I know you want to be this, if if but if you're if you're skilled in plumbing or mechanic or whatever, you'll you better money, do that. You'll yeah, make yeah. more money than the doctor. S- some of the richest yeah. people in Perth are uh, Sparkies. Uh, when we had the last thing with all the mining going, which yeah. was about five or six years ago, try and get a plumber or electrician to your house and see you how much can't. it cost you. Yeah, exactly. I should have gone into bucks plumber. an hour. I think I, I think I was a great plumber, but I should. that's what I should have done. But I'm an even better podcaster now, so it's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so it's, it's just basically, you're right, it's education and awareness yeah. um, to let them know that, you know, there is there are pathways that can make you a very successful person. Yes. Um, but you need to get off your butt and, and, and do something about it yourself because to go and chase your dreams, you've got to go and chase them. They're not going to yeah, come yeah, to you. They're not coming what, to you. What does a successful, cold person look like? A successful to me, I, I don't apart, like apart from me and Daniel. <laughs> yeah, no, for me, I looked. I like to look at someone, and and I um, and I say I saw um, uh, Bedford Sadie. I looked at him and I said to him many years ago, "What are you doing with your life, Bedford?" Yeah. And he goes, oh, I, 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 hard to I don't say. know. Hard to say. Yeah, yeah, there's a word. Hard to say, you know. Um, and it, and what happens? I we had this long long chat about life, and um, you know, you're getting to that age where you better start looking at something because you take a look around you and look at all the boys and girls around you. They're your friends, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're competing with them for a job. No, that's true. And, and so, and I met Bedford at the last African Cup, and there he is, beautiful wife, two kids. How's it going, mate? Don, life's good. I've got a, I've got a small business, so yeah. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and and basically, and I still haven't forgot you about your offer, maybe joining the police force and blah blah blah. But he's actually physically doing now for me. Yeah, seeing where he was at. Mm. It's not about saying I'm a lawyer or I'm a, I've got a business with 18 people. It's the little stories that mean he's taken something and actually made something, something. for himself. Yeah. So there's something about the relative. Yeah, because you see them kind of at their inception of the yeah. entry into Perth, and then watching them kind of yes progress through. Yeah. To me, that's a successful person. Now, okay, just in the interest of time, Don, we can talk for hours. I know <laughs> we'd like to cast away a few myths. Oh, here we the go. Myth, the myth buster part of the uh, podcast, right? Yeah. Just from your prosecution days. Oh. Right? If I can answer it all. If you can. If you can. If you can't, just say skip. Just say pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we'll move to the next one. I'll I, re- I refer to my learned friend. Yes, 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 okay. yes. Now, have you heard of a term called DWB? DWB? Yes. No. So that is driving while black. No, I can say I've never, ever heard that, that terminology. Okay. So, as uni students, we used to think every time we were driving the car and, mm. a, and a police car goes by, all of a sudden does a turn, comes Woo-hoo. back. I've heard of all sorts of things <laughs> yeah, connotated yeah, yeah. to um, yeah, yeah. racial things. Yes. But I, I must say I've never heard heard of that um, okay. in that sense. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's probably us. Just We it's coined that. It's a user term. <laughs> yeah, it didn't come user. from the police, it came from us. Yeah. Yeah. So we used to think that it's because, oh, well, we're black, that's why the police is chained, then they'll try and come and find a problem. 
But the problem forget, was that forget was... Forget the broken light. <laughs> yeah. The there was swerving, <laughs> run a red light. None the of problem that. was that, is that there was five of us in a four-seater, right? <laughs> well, that could have been a little no. problem. And, exactly. probably, and you've got the one seatbelt on all of Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one seatbelt. And probably the driver didn't have a license. Driver's leaning out yeah. the bottom. So, and he's the sitting in the back seat and there's was, no one in the driver's seat. <laughs> Which one was driving? And they're all going... <laughs> <laughs> which, so, which one still got the license? That was, uh, yeah, yeah, no, but we always thought, but how did they know? Right, so that's okay. where that, so it's not true, ladies and gentlemen. There not is no such thing Don's as driving. Yeah. I don't. And I would like to think that that's not the case. Um, mm. I'm not, I'm, I've been around a long time as a police officer and I have yeah. no doubt that there's incidences where people have um, um, brought Forward such scenarios and yeah. we've heard stories is that but i like to say in every walk of life there's um there's good things and bad things that happen but this, no that's true good and yeah. bad eggs yeah yeah, yeah 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 no i appreciate the police here i mean they've stopped me a number of times but never for nothing so you've been so, a, you've been a, i've just got this whilst we're on the tape here so can we just get off yeah, daniel has been an exemplary driver yes who leaves his mobile phone in the cradle yes um, and uh, Except for the one time that they caught me, you know, I was just moving it from the cradle to my seat. Yeah. And uh, so in the law, I've had a had a had a, a trial with I was where actually the person making said a I actually call. had had the thing on my lap. I wasn't using it. Yeah, blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. But then the magistrate jumped in and said, "It says whilst you're in control of it, it doesn't matter if you." So I went. Nice. Okay. I refer to your worship. I, yeah. I was yeah. making a phone call. Mate. <laughs> so you tried. I am make no mistake. <laughs> It's a thousand dollars now, guys. So they've just don't never do stopped. It. No, yeah. but this was a long time ago. Yeah, right. So I, I wonder ne- if there's a lot of excuses around people getting pulled over for speeding, for example. Mm. And I had a situation the other day where I was actually really busting. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know what? I could, I could, I could speed up here, and if I get pulled over, I could actually say this but it would be how many times have they heard right. this story I'll, I'll ta- I'll, uh, yeah you i'll tell you the truth though it was my birthday one time i was on the freeway <laughs> i was driving i had my cake in the back it was melting so i was i was hitting it right <laughs> <laughs> the lights flash <laughs> there I am. So officer, would you? I would have said, Officer, you like a bit of birthday cake exactly. on your way. Thank you very much. Before Let me tell you, now. Me tell you I explained to him. I showed him my documents. It was actually my birthday. He had a look. I showed him the cake was melting, right? He let me go. There you go. He let me go. But what is that telling you also? I don't know if he's still got his job. Com- but no, but I'm just saying, conversation <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. is everything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, there's there's been some times when. You're not happy, but I personally, right? I, you know, when you when you get older, you take responsibility for your actions, mm, right? Yep. So you 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 might be the upset, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can we go one episode without <laughs> bringing up the hour? <laughs> he oh. does not like responsibility, right? I but uh, the word. yeah, so it's like I've I've looked back and I've thought, yeah, okay, I was upset that they stopped me just because I didn't get away with it that day, but mm. I shouldn't have been doing that. Right, so I think that the the moral of the story here is I think the system works and it's here for us uh, as much as you know the Australian cohort and anybody coming in, and then for 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 the police are friendly. You got to talk to them and use them. A lot of them don't know that they can call and and well, and well, it won't put it this way: if you're standing issues. next to a car and you see a, a police officer getting out of the car and he's walking up and he's looking like South Park, respect my authority, walking yeah, towards yeah, yeah. you. And the first thing that comes out of your mouth, hi, hi, officer. I hope you're having a really nice night tonight. Down come the hackles. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah. have a cordial conversation, um, yeah, basically. Yeah. And he might have been rather than up against the car. Give me your name and address, guys. How are you? I hope you're having a good night. I'm sorry to disturb you. You know the rules at the moment with anybody with the young people. I've got to ask your name and address. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, Get the conversation going Going. rather than that first 30 seconds, bang, the hackles are up and... Yes. I'm I'm, I'm very good at that, except I probably do that a lot more with the police women. I was just about to say, you know... Here we go. (laughs) Um, We're going to wrap this up soon, but Don, final words? What what would you want to say? I just just think I want to um, thank everybody out there uh, within the African community. We're Mm. talking to the African community. You've done a fantastic job in relation to the COVID times. Um, It hasn't been easy um, 
and getting messaging out to your various groups to sort of say do this and do that because the rules are kept changing. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd just like to say please keep focusing on your youth. Don't give up. I know you're frustrated at times, but, you know, keep working with your kids because they are your future. Yeah. Don't give up on them. Um, I'm a parent as well, like, and, mm -hmm. and I've been through this myself. But as I sort of say, overall, the police cannot do it all. Mm-hmm. When I see, you know, problems in town or something like that are happening, I, I feel for the parents as well. And I think sometimes the kids are a bit blind. They don't see what they're doing to themselves. Yeah. So I think it's a thing where the community and the police and the other government authorities, we must work hand in hand um, because there's never going to be a, uh, an easy fix solution. It's something we have to keep on working on to make things good. Yeah. And the councillors. And, and uh, a big shout out to the councillors, of yeah. course. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll do our bit too as voice and, and we'll put the message out and try and engage more youth and try and listen to more of the youth. And, and, yeah, and see well, I still hear going. Susan's voice. She stood up there very bravely in front of all the leaders and all the youngsters went, yeah. but she said it. She, she, she put it out there. She, okay. she was a little powerhouse on the day and said it. And I said, I can't believe you said that. She said, I had to say it. <laughs> Good on you, Susan. Don, thank you so much. That was uh, episode 10 of Voice, the international student. Uh, international community. Uh, international student. I was, was going to say, take us out, D, but. So, all the Swahili speaking. The international community experience. Yeah. And all the Swahili speaking people are Sante Sana. Yeah, no, that's true. Peace. Peace out, people. Uh, Gomi and I managed to get through this episode without getting arrested. So, you will see us on the streets tomorrow. Cheers. Hey, and by the way, episode 10, man. Yeah. Congrats. Congrats, mate. That's uh, oof, 10, 10 Keep episodes. Keep it up, guys. In. You're doing a great job. Thank Thanks, you, Tom. Cheers. And um, by the way, one final thing. Yep. Don't forget the Jumbo Festival on the 3rd and the 4th of April. Yeah. Down at Sterling Gardens. You will have probably 10,000 people both days down there. Damn. Boom. We Check it out, people. I think we should print some T-shirts and try and sell them out there. Why not? Why not? <laughs> All right. Cheers. Peace Bye. out. <laughs>